yeah, my name's Chris. I was invited back in 2012 to the Christmas performance. Well, my daughter wanted to sign up for Alpha and um, I'll be honest with you, I was sort of trying to protect her more than anything. I didn't want her to sign up to some kind of weird cult. I found myself drawn to sort of going to the back of the auditorium and putting my name down myself. The voices in my head and the feelings that I was having were sort of tugging at me and I just wanted to sort of find out more for myself. Uh, but I really wouldn't tell anybody. Uh, we joined the Alpha and I, I wasn't a really good student, I don't think, but they, they seemed to think I was. All the time that I had was, I was spending time trying to find out questions that I could actually throw at them to catch them out um, and put doubt in, in the faith that they had. But while I was on Alpha, the more that I started to read and the more I actually started to open my mind up, I started to feel something happening inside of me. Um, I'd say the biggest stumbling block for me was the science thing with regards to creation. Um, and I used to get really hung up about that element. And, um, but the more I understood and started to read, science and faith can stand side by side. And I think sometimes we have to put things aside so we can have that relationship and journey. I committed myself to Christ while I was taking a shower one morning. Um, it was towards the end of Alpha, to be quite honest with you. And I basically sort of said, you know, if, if, if you're real, show me. And he hasn't stopped showing me, to be honest. But I suppose massive game changer for me was how I looked at life and looked at the world and that particular point in time I started to look at the world in a different way um, I started to look at people in a different way um, the way I behaved around people changed uh, people had noticed that you know my children now say that they've got holiday dad 24 hours a day 365 days a year uh, in my work um, it started to change dramatically with how I deal with the people that I employ and the, the people that actually come into the dealerships that I look after um, and I think that's a massive difference in my life. Yeah I think one of the parts of my life now is serving on Alpha and being being a part of um, people's journey and being a game changer for them and helping them through my experience, through my story and the way that God has changed my life and he's continuing to change my life daily. If I can just give them that, that sort of experience and that, that love that I've got now that God gives me, um, I, I just find that absolutely mind-blowing that I can actually be a part of other people's lives and be a game-changer for them. It's incredible, isn't it? Good morning again. My name's Simon. I'm one of the pastors here. And I had the privilege of getting alongside Chris, you know, when he first came to Alpha. And he doesn't tell a lie there when he says that he came to protect his daughter. 
He was there sitting on the table, arms folded, and he was asking every question that you could possibly ask. He was bombarded with question after question after question. It was possibly the latest alpha we've ever done. We were here till half 10, 11 o'clock at night as he was continuing to ask question after question after question. But then slowly, week after week, you know, his posture started to change. He went from this to this, he was more laid back as God was just working and revealing himself into his life. And then you saw then uh, on the DVD, on, on the video there, that by the end of it, you know, he'd given his life to Christ. How amazing is that? And now he continues to serve on there, and he is, he's been a game changer for the people that are journeying on the Alpha course. That's just incredible. This morning, I'm talking about grace, and I want to start with the football. It's an opportunity for you to extend me some grace. Being Welsh, I reveled in the fact that England were rubbish. <laughs> and just this morning, I saw posts on Facebook. It could have been us. Costa Rica got through. They're in the semi-final. It could have been England. No, it couldn't. You were really bad. I do feel sorry for Holland. We've got some Dutch people in there. I really wanted them to get free, but unfortunately, it's, uh, it's Costa Rica. <laughs> sorry, I want... Yeah, yeah, sorry. What? I've missed something there, haven't I? Okay, so they did get free. There you go. They could have been sorry in the court. There you go. For the tape, we'll go with the first service. Thanks. Extend me some grace, it's just an exercise, it's just an exercise. If I'd have said, getting back to the football, if I'd have said to you, you'd have settled with going out at the same time as Spain, Portugal and Italy, you'd have accepted that, wouldn't you? See, some heads, and that's exactly what you got. So, so aim higher, there's a, there's a lesson there. <laughs> Show me some grace. There's some pictures that are going to come up on the screen. Um, and I want you to think of who needs grace in these pictures. So picture one. <laughs> when they wake up, they need a lot of grace, don't they, for that little baby there. <laughs> picture two. If you can see the picture clearly, the woman is actually on a phone and she's laughing. I'm sure she's just saying, we've just splashed them on a treat here. It's fantastic. They need grace in that car, don't they? What about the next picture? Ooh, that's one for you there. Roy Hodgson, he needs a lot of grace, doesn't he? Probably you need to extend that grace to him. What about this one? Even more topical. Ooh. See, you're all feeling it. You need to extend the grace. And the last one, this is just for the teachers, really. Oh, you're going to get grace this morning. So sometimes, sometimes it's really hard to show grace, isn't it? Some people just don't deserve it. But that in itself is, very, is the very definition of grace. You see, not one of us deserve it. But God extends it to every person on the planet. You don't earn it or you don't deserve it. But you can receive it and then live out of it. God extends his grace to us so that we can extend it to others. God wants you to be full of grace so that you can be graceful when it comes to others. See, grace isn't just a little prayer you chant before receiving a meal. It's a way to live. And I want to suggest that grace is the ultimate game changer. 
And hopefully we'll see that over the next 20 or 25 minutes. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to John chapter 8. John's in the New Testament and it's the last of the four Gospels. And while you're turning there or scrolling there, I want you to know that this is an incredible story. Often this chapter starts with the heading, the adulterous woman. Or Jesus forgives an adulterous woman. This morning, I've chosen to call it an unnamed woman's story. Because I think grace is shown from the outset by the fact that this woman isn't named. You see, grace sets you free. That means you're free to begin again. The woman isn't named. She isn't identified by her past. And that is exactly how God views you. When you accept his grace, you are unrecognizable. You are not identified by your past. That's incredible, isn't it? So let's look at the story. The word should come up on the screen. John 8. And we're reading from verses 2 to 11. It says this. At dawn, he, he being Jesus, appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman uh, caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and he said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. It's an incredible passage of scripture there. And I want to start by giving you some background and set the scene of what's really happening. You see, Jesus is at the temple courts. And there were different areas to a Jewish temple. With only certain um, people being able to access them. But it's at the temple courts where the majority of the people were allowed to be. And it's there where Jesus is teaching. And there's a huge gathering. Jesus has got momentum around him. People really do want to listen to what he's got to say. He's a rabbi. He's a teacher. And the Pharisees have a problem with this. They hated it. They feel threatened by him. So they set out to trap Jesus. And there's a lesson right there. Right there in the beginning. That pride, envy, jealousy are all barriers to extending and even receiving grace. The Pharisees are the religious leaders of the day and they want to trap Jesus. They want to catch him out. They want to damage the reputation he's got. So what they do is they catch a woman in adultery and they drag her to Jesus. And I want you to picture the scene here. You have to get the significance of it. You see, this possibly didn't happen by chance. It could have been set up Actually, it probably was set up. 
You see, they would have known the woman's name. I want to suggest that everyone would have known the woman's name because she probably had a checkered past. Yet in this story, she isn't named. That's grace. Anyway, they'd have been waiting. They'd have been ready to catch her out. How many of you here know that there's always someone ready and waiting to catch you out? It can feel like that's their primary role in life, to point your faults out, to highlight your mistakes, to definitely point the finger and let the whole world know when you've done something wrong. And you're probably thinking about that person or persons now. I want you to stop and think of grace. See, for this woman, it's so much worse than anything we'll ever go through or face because she'd have known by being caught in that act, it would lead to her death. She certainly wouldn't have um, gone with them willingly. And this is what I want you to picture. You see, I can imagine her screaming, kicking, fighting for her life. It would have taken all of the Pharisees um, to drag her there. She knew the outcome was death that day. And she may have been trying everything desperately to escape. They eventually get to the temple courts. And it would have been a massive commotion. You wouldn't have been able to miss it. It would have been a huge disruption and distraction. Remember, Jesus is sitting, teaching a large crowd. Everyone there wanted to listen to what he had to say. Then they throw her in front of Jesus and then make her stand in front of the whole crowd. Then they ask Jesus a question. Verses 4 and 5 says, Teacher, this woman was caught in an act of adultery. The law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. What do you say? Right there and then they think that's their moment. The moment when they'll catch Jesus out. You see, if Jesus had said, let the woman go, then he would have been disobeying the law. And that would have resulted in him being punished and he would have lost his life. And if it had said stoner, then everything he'd have been teaching would have been thrown into question. It seemed like an impossible situation for Jesus. But then again, we know with Jesus, don't we, that all things are possible. The Pharisees want blood, either the woman's or Jesus's. They don't really care whose. They just want results. And we often see that in the world again today, don't we? Results are often more important than a person's life or a person's rights. And I want to suggest again that it all comes down to a lack of grace. See, the Pharisees aren't really bothered about the law. Sure, they they quote the law of Moses. But the law of Moses states that both people who were caught in the act of adultery should be stoned to death. But here, they only bring the woman. They're using it as a means to to, to their own end, something that will benefit them by doing it corruptly. And again, this is something that is common in the world we live in. You see, the Pharisees are hypocrites. And how many of us, the media, the news, Social networking sites can have the same tendency to be just like them when we condemn or judge others. I know it's something I've been guilty of in the past, but how Jesus handles this is incredible, and we can all take hope from it. See, Jesus is sitting. He's sitting, and he's teaching 
in front of a large crowd. He's talking to them. There's a gathering. They want to hear what he's got to say. And then there's a huge commotion. The Pharisees drag a woman in from the side and they throw him in front of Jesus. Right there and then, it can look as if Jesus is not bothered. But I want to show you just in a minute that he is. What he does next is amazing. He pays no attention to them. Jesus uh, is sitting and he's teaching. And the Pharisees come and they throw this woman in front of him. They say, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses commands that we stone her. (laughs) What do you say? What Jesus does next is remarkable. He's teaching the crowd. The Bible says that he's sitting and he bends down and he continues to write in the sand, in the ground. It's almost as if he says, talk to the hand because the face ain't listening. (laughs) And he continues writing. But then the Pharisees are getting agitated by this. So they question him again, a bit like Chris did on Alpha. They bombard him with questions. They're getting agitated. Jesus is writing in the ground. The Bible says then that he straightens up doesn't say he stands up, he straightens up. And then he may look at them and say, let anyone of you who is without sin be the one to throw the first stone. The Bible says he continues to write in the sand. He continues to teach the people. It can seem as if Jesus is not interested by the commotion, by the panic that has just happened. But I want to suggest otherwise. You see, Jesus knew the seriousness of the problem. He wasn't panicked by it because he had a plan for it. And there may be many of you here this morning that are facing huge problems. You may have even gone to Jesus yourself, kicking and screaming, and even asked that question, Jesus, aren't you bothered by what's happening to me? Well, I want you to know right here and right now that he is. You see, he knows the full extent of what you're going through. He knows the seriousness of them. But I also want you to know something greater. Jesus is not panicked by your problems. He has a plan for them. Just as we see that Jesus knows the outcome in that story, I want you to know he knows the outcome in yours too. Even if your problems aren't resolved immediately, then I want you to know that his grace is sufficient for you. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9, it says that you always have his grace. You will always have his grace which will meet your need. That's what sufficient means. It means it will meet your need. And grace is available to everyone. You just have to accept it. (laughs) It was available to everyone that day. But as we see in the story, it was the woman, it was only the woman that received it. See, grace makes us aware of what we're really like and what we really need. And simply put, that's more grace, followed by more grace, (laughs) followed by more grace. See, in the story, we're told that everyone went away, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman. That's because they became aware of what they were really like, but they didn't want to hang around to get what they really needed. Such a shame that they missed out. You see, they left in disgrace instead of staying and receiving his grace. (laughs) It was just the woman that was left. And Jesus says to her, where have your accusers gone? Have any of them condemned you? 
No one, sir, was the reply. Hardly believing her, 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 her eyes that no one was there and that she's still alive. This would have been a huge moment for her. Jesus then says to her, then neither do I condemn you. Now go and leave your life of sin. I want to suggest that she got a double pardon that day. You see, the the crowd didn't stone her because of what Jesus said. And then the only person that could have thrown the stone that day was Jesus because he was the only person without sin. But he chose not to. Instead, he gave her his grace. He set her free. He gave her that chance to begin again. Leave your life of sin, he said to her. And what Jesus is really saying is that it's your past that has died here today. Your old life has gone. You will no longer be known for being that person. It's been forgiven and it's been forgotten. And you don't have to go back to it. You see, grace doesn't just require change. It is change. It demands change. Once you've received grace, you're never the same again. Grace propels us forward. And I've got an illustration to show this. And if it doesn't work, um, I want you to blame Dan Bennett. It's, it's his fault, and I'll give you his email address later. You see, it happened um, a few weeks ago when Dan was talking. He was doing his series, and he used the metal detector. And I switched off right there, right then. I'm like, that's too nerdy for me. I didn't get it at all. I've had this conversation with him, and it's an opportunity to show grace, so he's fine. I didn't get it at all. It's like too nerdy. But then, in my devotional time, just a a few weeks later, (laughs) I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Simon, (laughs) I want you to be my metal detector. And I'm like, what? No, that's too nerdy. And then I felt the Holy Spirit say, Simon, I want you to be my metal detector. I'm like, okay. And then I felt the Holy Spirit say, Simon, I want you to call the treasure out of people. That is your role. That is our role. We all should be metal detectors. And now I'm fine with being a metal detector. So this illustration, this is something much better than, it's much harder than a metal detector. I've got a catapult, come on. It's not a very good catapult, it costs a pound from the entertainer, but here you go, it's it's a catapult. And I want to suggest, again, this is another Holy Spirit moment, I want to suggest that grace is like a catapult. You see, it should propel you forward. We've all got stuff that holds us back. We've all got junk, the Bible calls it sin, that separates us from God. We've all got that. Some have more degrees than others, but we're all in this negative thing. It all keeps us separated from God. But then when God extends his grace, when he gives us his grace, we're propelled. It went right through the door in the first service. Um, we're propelled forward. It's coming back. It shouldn't come back. We're propelled forward. We're propelled forward. We don't have to go back. See, grace changes us, and it changes everything. Grace propels you forward. I guess, I guess you could go back. Thank you, Josh. That's brilliant. Thank you. You could go back, 
but why would you want to? Why would you want to when God has extended his grace to you? See, grace is found in a moment, but then it continues moment after moment after moment. And is there anybody here that watches Gavin and Stacy? Yes, there's a few hands. Nessa, she's my favorite. And what's her, what's her saying? What, what, what's the common phrase she uses? Come on. All right, what's occurring? Terrible Welsh accent there. I want to suggest, and I want you to know that grace is. God continually offers his grace. It's always occurring. You see, his grace is not just enough. His grace is always more than enough. And for me, that's why grace is the ultimate game changer. You see, grace can take a normal life. It can take a troubled life. It can take a doubt in life. And it can take a broken life. Regardless of whatever your life has been, grace puts it back together. Grace is the game changer. And as a result, your game is changed. <laughs> I want to be honest again here, I don't often feel qualified to speak from here. I'm a fairly new Christian, um, doing my MIT training, and most of you know my past and how my life was like, but the one thing I am qualified to speak on is this very subject, is the subject of grace, because I've experienced it big time. You see, God took my broken life he offered his grace and he put it back together. And as a result, my life is unrecognizable. People don't often believe me when I tell them what I was previously like and that I've spent time in prison. And then they often ask, would you go back, Simon, and change anything? And the answer to that question is and always will be the same, a resounding no. See, because if I changed anything, then it would change everything and I never want to lose that moment when I first received God's grace and how I keep on receiving God's grace. I don't need to go back when God has propelled me forward and if he can do it for me <laughs> then he can definitely do it for you. He can do it for anyone. You see grace is what God does best. The grace you have not only sets you free it has the ability to set others free as you share it. You see, the woman in the story obviously did have a name. And some believe her to be Mary, who went on to be Jesus' most devoted of followers. She was the one who washed Jesus' feet with her hair and that expensive perfume. That perfume would have been the most valuable thing she had. It would have cost her a fortune and it was probably bought with the money from her checkered past. Probably bought to make her feel significant because her life wasn't. But that all changed when she had an encounter with Jesus and she received his grace. She no longer had to feel significant because she's told she is significant. And the cost of the perfume is nothing in comparison to what Jesus had done for her. So she gladly uses it to wash Jesus' feet. You see, grace propelled her forward. It was the game changer and it completely changed her game. 
And I've already said this morning that God wants you to be so full of grace that you really are graceful when it comes to everyone you meet. It's not only a game changer, but it completely changes the game. Not just our game, but everyone else's too. See, grace is getting what we don't deserve and not getting what we do deserve. (laughs) And we have to be the same when it comes to others. See, it's not our job to judge. It's our job to love. See, grace is God's unmerited favor towards us. He continually offers his grace. (laughs) We have that promise from him that his grace is always sufficient for us. And that's why I think grace is the ultimate game changer. I'm going to pray now and invite the the band to come back. We're going to stand and the team and Abby are going to sing a song over you. And this is really a moment to respond. Let the words really resonate with you. I believe God wants to do something in this moment. And then I'll come back with a number of responses. There's an opportunity here for you to respond.